Fundamental Belief Number 6 Sin and God's Law Summary Statement Sin is the transgression of the law of God, which is spiritual, perfect, holy, just, and good. God's law is based upon the two great principles of love toward God and love toward neighbor. The Ten Commandments expound those foundational principles of God's law of love. Breaking any part of God's law brings upon a person the penalty of death. Those who love God and seek eternal life will strive to keep God's commandments. Obedience to God's law produces happiness and peace of mind. Disobedience to God's law produces misery and strife and ultimately eternal death. Now the details. God's law are the written expressions of God's perfect and holy mind and how He wants us to live. They define how to treat God and our fellow man with love and concern rather than selfishness and hurtfulness. The first purpose of God's laws, therefore, is to highlight His righteousness. They describe the actions, motivations, and thoughts that are in accordance with His own perfect character of love and holiness. Man's obedience to them will produce harmony and peace between God and man and between man and man. But because we have all broken God's laws, they also serve to convince us of our need for a Savior, for God's mercy. Servants of God have always appreciated and loved His laws and commandments because they make clear how to live God's way of love, the best way to live and act and think. Consider these scriptures. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. For the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, how love I your law! It is my meditation all the day. Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all of these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. You, through your commandments, Make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. These and many other similar passages contain praise and thankfulness for God's righteous laws because they illustrate the mind and character of God. They describe the way to love, peace, and joy. 
the way of life that brings glory to God and peace among people. God's laws are a guide to good living. If everyone fully obeyed them, even in just the letter, but especially in their deeper spiritual intent, what a utopia our world would be. We would have a world of truthfulness only, without lying or deception. We would have only care and concern for one another, not fighting and murder. Only stable families, not the heartbreak of unfaithfulness and selfishness. We would have only security, not theft or violation of property rights. There would be only rejoicing at others' blessings, not resentful jealousy. We would have only true religion and true worship, not idolatry or false beliefs in gods which are not gods at all. Those throughout history who have served the true Creator God have developed a genuine desire to obey His laws. Open my eyes, David wrote, that I may see wondrous things from your law. They have echoed the prayer of Solomon. May the Lord our God be with us, that He may incline our hearts to Himself to walk in all His ways and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments. But there is a second function of God's law. It convicts a man of his sinfulness. It shows that we do not by nature think or act like God, but instead have contrary and rebellious tendencies. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Sin is the violation of God's law, and all humans are guilty. All have broken the laws and commandments of God and have thus fallen short of God's holiness and righteousness. God's justice requires that violations of His laws, sin, must not go unpunished. The ultimate consequence of sin is death. When Adam and Eve sinned, the death penalty came into effect. All humans since have been tainted by sin and death because of violating God's laws and commandments. The laws that are so beautiful, in the righteousness they describe, also demand justice for disobedience. When people break God's commandments and laws, as all do, the law imposes the death penalty. God inspired the prophets, psalmists, and apostles of Jesus Christ to make the picture crystal clear. Consider these scriptures. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. The King James Version says, For sin is the transgression of the law. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. We have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. My iniquities, sins, have overtaken me, so that I am not able to look up. 
They are more than the hairs of my head, therefore my heart fails me. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. This creates a huge dilemma, an apparent spiritual dead end for all mankind. The same law that is a righteous light is also an executioner. One solution some people have argued for is that the laws of God have been done away with. Perhaps, this theory goes, they served a temporary function, but then later God decided to ignore His own laws, or at least no longer judge people by them, so that people are no longer considered sinners and no longer need to die for their sins. Maybe, the story goes, the law was somehow only for ancient Israel. Since Jesus came, we no longer need to be concerned about violating God's laws. We are now free from the law. The law's judgment function is no more. But this is not what the Bible teaches. The law did not begin at Mount Sinai, nor did it end at Golgotha. Long before Moses, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Neither did Christ's life, death, and resurrection do away with his laws or the need for humanity to obey them today. Jesus himself clearly stated, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. The commandments of God are still in force, and God expects people to obey them. Now one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Long after Christ's death and resurrection, his apostles confirmed this. Consider these scriptures. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. With the mind I myself serve the law of God. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar and the truth is not in him. And whatever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Paul summarized it so well. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Since God's law is still in effect, and we all sin, we're all condemned to death. Fundamental belief number seven resolves the dilemma. To learn more about this topic, download our booklet, God's Ten Commandments, Still Relevant Today. Thanks for listening. For the next chapter of this booklet, continue with episode seven of the Fundamental Beliefs of the Church of God, a Worldwide Association.